Oh my god, Brennan coming out as believing stuffed animals have souls is not something I expected from the podcast. Welcome to All My Friends Are English Majors, the podcast where I, a business major, make my friends, almost all English majors, read popular fiction with me. This month, I have a business major on, I know. Um, my friend Brennan is on. We've read the Off Campus series by L. Kennedy. And now it's CompCon week, so we're going to talk about all the books together. Brennan, hi. For sure. Back again, ready to go. Brad and I have to tell you, my fantasy team absolutely shit the bed. We talked about this a lot last week. Oh my god, I think I scored like maybe 80 points total. Oh, 80 points total? Yeah. That's Jamar like... Chase. Brennan, Brennan, let Pardon? me let Pardon? me read you what happened to me. Now, why are you making me look at a Miller Lite commercial when I'm trying to look at how few points? Oh, I'm so <laughs> sorry. I scored 71 points, Brennan. Oh, did you like not start somebody or like, no. did you have Aaron Rodgers? That's like the only way that could have happened. Um, Godert for the Eagles got one target, zero yards. Oh. Jamar Chase got me, no one on my team scored more than 12 points. None more than 12. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know Jamar Chase was one that people were really high on. Like whenever you're, whenever I did research on who to draft, people were like, Jamar Chase at number two is not a bad pick. And then when your first round draft pick only gets you, I guess, like what you said, like nine points, like that's never good. Um, so I, I avoided, I personally out of preference avoided all Bengals players because I don't like the Bengals, but it turns out, I mean, I guess that was like a fortunate, like fortunate choice, you know, Depending on how the rest of the season goes, we'll see how bad of a take that is. But yeah, I scored, I scored sixteen points less than the like next lowest team. Oh man! Well, yeah, Liz, Liz scored one hundred and thirty nine points. Oh, were you playing her week? And one? no, no, no. Okay. Um, and someone on her bench scored thirty points. Oh, yeah, it's Brandon IU. We were talking about yeah. that. She was like, who is this? And I was like, someone you need to start. Like, Brandon Ayuk, um, I think is a good receiver in general, but is known to be a good fantasy receiver. Like, well, well. and I had fucking Debo Samuel also on the 49ers, and he got me fucking nothing. Anyway, wow. we're Debo? not. Yeah. We're not. No, no more than 12 points. Um. We are not here to talk about my tanking fantasy football team. We're here to talk about the off-campus cinematic universe. I love it here. Of course. Yeah. Best, uh, it's the best of times, for sure. Unlike my fantasy team, which is the worst of times. But, like, they're all college besties who live in the house and play a sport together. No idea Mm -hmm. why that would be relatable to me. No idea. (laughs) Of course not. Um, so I thought that we would start out talking about some of the like weirder plot lines in these books because I feel like if you look at the like 
really straightforward plots in these books. It's like, boy, boy needs something from a girl. Book one, it's needs tutoring. Book two, it's he owes her an orgasm. And book three, it's just they, like, start having sex and then they have a, like, small miscommunication and then get together and then they have a huge miscommunication right at the end and break up and then get back together. Those are the books. Basically, Just wrote them yeah. all for you. However, there are some just, like, batshit plot lines in all of the books that you're like, oh my god, how did we get here? Like... I think in book one, the plot line where Garrett's dad threatens to steal his inheritance. Kind yeah. of a crazy plot line. Very crazy plot line. Uh, but I thought that made it like, uh, more, in- it was a very intense thing. Um, definitely not realistic, but, uh, I thought it definitely added to the story. Um, one of the plot lines that I thought was crazy was, um, I, I think I mentioned it in, uh, one of the too many hands in a previous episode, but Logan, it like, it, it's in Logan and Grace's book. They like break up over the summer or something. And then like Logan has this like, like adult woman. I don't like, I think maybe a mom, I don't remember her exact marital status, but she's like hitting on him. And then like, he's like, Oh, I'm going to like, I'm going to go over and, like, like have sex with a MILF. And then, like, isn't able to do it because he's still in love with this girl. But, like, the whole that whole plot line was kind of crazy to me. I'm like, what is, like, is he really about to do this? That f- that felt pretty nuts to me. It's kind of glee core. Like, when uh, Mr. Yeah. Shoe's hot wife starts working at the school and she's, like, faking a pregnancy. And I think she potentially almost hooks up with Finn or Puck. I'm not sure which one. I would think like, it's Puck. kind of giving that. Oh, it's also giving, um, normal people, um, when Connell is down bad tremendous and really sad about Marianne over the summer when they accidentally break up because they just don't know how to talk to each other. Like, it's giving his predatory English teacher, like, making out with him outside a bar and him going home with her and then him just, like, sobbing on her couch because he's mostly just depressed. Yeah. I could get the Glee reference. I've seen a little bit of Glee. Um, and, and like, I guess it fits both characters, Finn and Puck, to do that. But I can't... What was the other show you named? Uh, so Normal People is a Sally Rooney book. You're really showing your cards there, Brennan, that you haven't been listening to the pod. Um, True. But also, Jess and I talked about Normal People, which is not a very long book, for literally, like, two hours, which is basically as long as it takes to read it. Um, okay. But Connell... Connell is maybe the only good man that we've read about in, like, all of these books. And, like, the entire... Entire... All My Friends Are English Majors cinematic universe... He's like, great. He's number one overall. He's he's my he's my number one boy. Like okay, one hundred percent. I'll have to give this a read. And since you said it took you like two hours, I'm gonna I'm gonna approximate. I don't know three days for me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a slow reader. I don't know how you're gonna feel about normal people. It's very uh, there's no quotation marks. Like it's very oh. two people like growing up. 
sort of vibe. I can. Are you going to be at league tomorrow night? Um, I probably won't be, but I, Ooh, okay. I'm packing. I've got a lot of packing to do, so. Ooh, okay. I can. I'll find a way to get you my copy, or you can get it at the lib. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, I hate to say it, we're not here to talk about Connell Waldron. <laughs> um, another plotline I think is crazy is in Grace and John Logan's book. Grace has this, like, best friend from high school named Ramona, who's, like, kind of manipulative and a little bit mean, and they have, like, a essentially, like, a friend breakup, and then uh, Ramona texts her, like, an SOS, and Grace is with John Logan, and is basically, like, you don't understand, like, she would not send this to me unless it was a legitimate emergency, and she got kidnapped? Basically, she, like, goes to the hotel where the other hockey team, the rival hockey team that they just played, Ramona, her best friend, former best friend, had gone there with the rival hockey team and another friend, and then the other friend ditched her, and she was just in a hotel room with six coked-out hockey players, and she locked herself in the bathroom and called Grace... And they go to get her, and the hockey players are, like, basically, like, you can't have her. Like, we're not done yet, which scary as fuck. And then yeah. John Logan is, and John Logan is, like, okay, well, like, what are you going to do about, like, the beer in the room, the party you're throwing? And they're, like, coach won't care. And then he, like, walks up to him, like, looks at their nose and is, like, oh, well, will he care about what you're putting up your nose? And then they let her out of the bathroom because he's, like, well, I'll tattle on you for doing cocaine. Cocaine? Yeah. There was, like... They, well, so... Is this think, 1990s Wall Street? I think they had to have villain hockey players for him to go rescue. You know, like, they needed villainous players, and so they were like, let's pick a more villainous drug than we've given any of the <laughs> players in the stories so far. But I, the idea of the coked-up hockey team, like... uh I envision things as, like, kind of like an anime, you know? And so, like, <laughs> whenever he gets there, it's, like, evil lair. I imagine them at, like, a Super 8 motel, you know? Just kind of, like... Yeah, yeah. You know, drunk and disorderly. Um, and I also, like... Th- I would like to say the situation wouldn't go down like that. Like, I thought, like, in in real uh, real time, they might just, like, beat the crap out of him and then suffer the consequences later, but... Yeah, the coked out the coked out hockey hockey team plotline was ab- was another one of those like absolutely nuts ones. Where you're kind of like, I don't know. So I like really do appreciate that these she's trying to like make these books more than like a vessel for sex, but by like giving the characters layers and having them have other relationships outside of the friendship, outside of their like romantic relationship. But I want a littler onion. I want an yeah. onion that I pulled out of my garden a little too early. I want one yeah. less plot point. Just one. Mm-hmm. Too much to peel back. There's too much to peel back. We already knew John Logan was heroic. We didn't need her best friend to, like, almost get, like, gang-raped by another hockey team. That is too dark. Mm-hmm. It's probably, it's definitely the darkest plot line, or like the, one of the darkest scenarios that happens in the books. 
as far as like uh I don't know, sex crime wise. Well, I mean there is an actual rape in book one. Yes, but not like to that extent. Like there's like multiple guys in the room and they're like Yes, we've All got these underage crazy. yeah. Yeah, like we have these underage girls here. We're about to Jesus. like knowingly abuse them. You know? So that was one of the times I was like, this is like like off the wall nuts. Like how did how did her editors clear this? How did how did this get through? Yeah, that was just like it was a little too dark for me. Um I think genuinely the most unrealistic thing that happens in any of these books happens in book four. Book four is about John Tucker, brutal, fucking brutal for me personally to read this yeah. book. Uh, falls in love with this girl named Sabrina. They have an accidental pregnancy and the whole thing hinges on the fact that she like let him put the tip in, like did not even come. Like, just let's him put the tip in one time, and then he's like, wait, 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 we need a condom. And she gets pregnant from that. That's a crazy plot line. That's a crazy plot line for her to get pregnant from that. That is like, shut the fuck up. And yeah. two, the most unrealistic thing about this entire series is that in book four, Sabrina, who wants to go to Harvard Law School, comes from poverty, has a creepy dad, stepfather, and, like, a grandmother who doesn't support her and no money does not get an abortion when she gets pregnant, even though she, the timeline fully, fully allows her to. Because she's like, well, I... I just, like, I'm just, like, this is not, this is just, like, antithetical to everything you're telling me about her character. Yeah, like, or, like, she, she like, I, they really give her the image of, like, a woman who wants to succeed in business, and then something like this would definitely, like, affect her career, and she just makes no decision about it. It's, it's just wild. It's wild. It's just, like, every single decision she's ever made, like, pushes her, pushes her towards, like, not seeing the pregnancy through and it's so like i get that this book like doesn't work if she like doesn't do that but also i am going to come out as a person who thinks a pregnancy plotline can be kind of fun i think mostly because i love babies i don't really like the idea of raising a child but i do love a squishy little baby <laughs> it's, the, um, it's the it's the fever it's the fever it's yeah. I got to hold my uh cousin in law's like six month old baby at my cousin's wedding and she was literally so squishy and so little and so cute and I mm -hmm. loved it. But anyway, I think that there's a good way to do a pregnancy plot line, and I don't think this book did it because Sabrina really just like isolates herself. She doesn't really accept that much help from people. She won't accept, um, money from the baby daddy. She won't accept that much like physical help from the baby daddy. She will only ask him for help when she's like at the end of her rope. And I think that like that really. It turned me off of her as a character because it didn't make any sense that she was, like, really unwilling to help for – ask for help. There's also a whole plot line where she 
is breastfeeding and so she is just like whipping a boob out all the time and her stepdad is like a real fucking creep and at one point he gets like really drunk and she's like locked in her room and he like breaks down the door to like try to assault her because he like wants to breastfeed it was just like really fucked up and weird and john logan like, beats the shit out of him, but, like, I don't really know if I need there to be this much attempted sexual assault in my hockey erotica. By her stepdad while she's breastfeeding? Like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, like, there was a lot of points. Book four was kind of a, like, a trip, you know? Um, there was, yeah, there was, like, a lot of just, like, teeth-gritting moments that I was like, this is, I'm reading this because I'm treat like i'm in the story but like what is going on do you have if you were to rank the weirdest plot lines what are you putting one what are you putting two uh number one is the stepdad trying to breastfeed that one that one was pretty crazy i i was gonna take uh coked up hockey team we talked about this earlier but coked up hockey hockey team was like that was one of the craziest things for me i was like like how what so I, I would take that it's as my just like number really one. chaotic yeah um and then uh we never so the other plot line that i thought was crazy was the even the, the we talked about it in too uh too many hands in last episode um but them having the dildo that they named i couldn't remember the name but i looked it up and it was winston i was like what that was kind of wild, not like wild to the same extent, but it was just like something like, uh, I guess crazy that I didn't expect or just like a very interesting situation. Not wild in the same way that the other two were, but still out there, I guess. I don't know. What, like, would you I say that's think, wild as well? I just think, I think that authors, like both fanfic and published, have decided it's like, a good bit for, like, women to, like, name their sex toys. But, like, I think if women are going to think it's weird for men to name their dicks, then women should also think it's weird to name their sex toys. Like, I think just, like, the vibe is kind of strange to me. I'm not into it. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, like, that or even, like, having, like... Um, having a stuffed animal or something that they they use to you know get themselves off. Oh, like, like even, in Booksmart. Yeah, like that is just. I always thought that was weird that you had this stuffed animal that had a name and a personality, and then you defile it and still use the stuffed animal. I feel like that's like that's abuse on the stuffed animal. Like it had a, it had a soul. <laughs> like it had a, it, it had a personality oh truth. my god brennan coming out as believing stuffed animals have souls <laughs> is not something i expected from the <laughs> podcast i mean that was just we were talking about naming things i was like if i'm gonna be critical about what we're naming like not only did it have did this stuffed animal have a name but it like it's an animal it has like you know probably a theme it, depending on your own stuffed animal lore how you like however you enjoyed stuffed animals i don't know but uh crazy situation i'm gonna take this pause you disconnected
Sorry, my computer literally turned off because I didn't click on something fast enough. Oh, well. <laughs> you're good. Okay, I feel like we've talked about the batshit plot lines. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've done it. You ready to rank the men? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had my men... I ranked these guys in my head long before I had to prep for a pro- podcast, but we can go okay. for it. Okay. I am putting my water bottle lid back on and it's going to make a sound. Okay. Actually, do you want me to start with mine and then you do yours or do you want to go first? No. Get after it. All yours. Okay. So, um, I've talked about my opinions on some of the guys in earlier episodes, but my number one overall pick for coolest dudes um, has to be Logan. You know, his his storyline's down to earth. He's still a good guy. He's kind of the middle, middle ground between, like, you know, being a slut and being, like, an upstanding young man. So, Logan I, Logan takes, like, the top spot for me. Um, and then, below that, we have to go Captain America Garrett. Um, Garrett's, like, I don't know if my opinion is influenced by, like, what I've seen about him online when I, like, you know, look into the characters on my own. Um, everyone online seems to love Garrett the most. And I was like, Garrett's like, I mean, it's all right. You know, like he's kind of middle of the road for me. So I'd put Garrett at Mm -hmm. two. And though I liked Dean, I liked Dean's character. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't necessarily relate to it, like in the same ways as I could the other characters. So like Dean has to be three, but, um, they are sub, these, my rankings are subject to change. I want to hear yours. Okay, I am um, dark horsing Dean DeLaurentis as number one, mostly because he's the only one who, like, isn't a stalker. Like, like, Dean is never anything except exactly himself, which I really appreciate. He also, like, doesn't, like, follow Allie around that much, I feel. Like, he, like, texts her, but, like, She is, like, really actively communicating with him as well, whereas in, like, Garrett at the beginning is, like, following Hannah around and following her to her job, and she's like, please leave me alone. Um, I'm all in on John Logan as number two. We love a self-made man. I do think he's kind of boring. Mm-hmm. But I I also think it's great that he made it to the NHL. That's so fun. I'm glad you're good at your little sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Garrett as number three because I think he is such a creep in the first book. However, other things that I think are good about Garrett, he does beat the shit out of a rapist. He also, like, does help Hannah overcome some sexual trauma. All of this to say, I think all of them are, like, very close. Like, I'm not like, this dude sucks and this dude rocks. I'm just like, this is how I feel about it. Yeah, they're definitely, uh, they're, it's really splitting the hairs, you know? Um, I didn't, I could see, I liked, I agree with what you said with, uh, Logan making it to the NHL. Like, that was, that's a cool thing to, like, see him do. Um, and it's, it's different than Garrett's, because, like, Garrett had so much, like, more familial support, asterisks with his dad, you know? Um, yeah. But he, he already kind of had an in, but, like, Logan making it to the NHL is a lot more like 
of a pure journey, you know? Um, and then like I, the, what separates Logan from Dean for me, see, I liked what you said when you had Dean dark horse for being number one. Um, like that compels me to almost move Dean over Garrett, making Garrett last. Um, but I didn't, I didn't relate with Dean in the aspect that he's like, both my parents are like ultra rich lawyers and I live in a penthouse. Like that's part of his character, but I just like, for me, it's not what I thought. I, I like the idea of John Logan being like, yeah, I'm like kind of, I'm, he's got that underdog story of like, yeah, I work in an auto shop. Like I rip cigs with the boys. Like I'm really just like cleaning grease off my hands, but then also making it to the NHL. So, I mean, that was, that was my differentiator, but I really, I do agree with your, uh, Dean not being weird, like not being like overtly weird, you know, Dean gets hard a little, he gets a little too hard all the time in the books to call him like not completely weird, but that's true. But all of these men are popping boners, like every like 10 pages. Like, they, like, yeah. think about the girl they like, and they're, like, the rock hardest they've ever been in their life. That seems exhausting. Yeah. We're gonna, are you ready to move on to the women? Yes, I'm ready to rank the women. You want me to go first on this one? Yeah, you go first. Okay, I have Allie as my number one. Um, I think I really... No, I was not in a relationship in high school, but I was in a relationship with the same person for, like, almost all of college. So I really related to her, like, breaking up with him and then being like, oh, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do. Like, this person that I communicated with all the time, like, this person who, like, knows everything about me, like, I don't really know how I'm supposed to just, like, cut that out and, like, try to experience being single. However, I actually really liked being single. Like, it was kind of lonely, but it was mostly, like, I'm really in charge of my own time and my own space, and, like, it ended up being really nice, and I'm glad I got, like, a year of my 20s where I, like, wasn't in a relationship and, like, wasn't even really pursuing a relationship for most of it. Um, Mm -hmm. So, maybe Allie is my number one because I find her to be a kindred spirit. Um, Hannah is my number two because she's mean to Garrett. Um, she overcomes sexual trauma, she loves to do karaoke, hot girl shit. Um, Mm -hmm. my number three is Grace, I think she's boring. I, I agree with the Grace boring. Um, before I give my picks, uh, I could, I could see the Grace boring, um, and I understand, like, where you came from, I guess, with, like, Allie at least being, like, one of the only girls that, like wanted to be single or like that gave her a different approach like all these uh, like the you know in comparison to grace and hannah they're like girls that are like like wanting to like their objective is to like find a guy but hers is like i'm kind of just kicking it you know she's like i'm I'm just doing my own thing you know and then stumbles yeah. across dean right so i think that that gives her so like raises her i guess in my mind um my rankings were um, my number one pick was going to be Hannah. She's like over, yeah, like, like you said, overcoming sexual trauma and doing all of this, you know, singing. Um, she's kind of an it girl in my mind. Like, she's like, yeah, 
everyone else failed this test, but I didn't. I'm her. You know, like, I'm I'm belting out karaoke drunk at a bar. I'm her. Like, in, uh, in the other books, it's like the other guys want to get in relationships because they see, you know, they see Garrett and Hannah being happy and they're like, yo, I want that. You know, there's kind of, I always thought the underlying tone was like, you know, all the dudes kind of want to fuck Hannah, but can't, you know, but like want to do that to a friend. And so they have to go out and find their own Hannah. Um, so, and she's kind of like the, she's not like the straight archetype of the other characters, but like, I felt like the other characters are kind of loosely based Hannah's, you know? So <clears throat> that yeah, puts Hannah, my number, that puts Hannah as my number one. I went Grace and then Allie. Um, but I think I might just be putting Grace number two because I like, uh, like Logan and Grace together. Because you like love maybe, John Logan so much. Yeah, I love John Logan so much that um, I put her two. But I mean, you kind of had me. You have me more convinced at Allie number two, Grace three, and you know, flip flopping. Well, just like his, what is Grace's personality? She's tell like, me an interesting thing about Grace. And it cannot be that she works at a campus radio station. You know that that cannot be true. <laughs> um, she was the one, uh, Grace was like into, was, I felt like more based in reality because she was into like serial killers, wasn't she? She was kind of like a babbler and talked about, um, like true crime like that, which I find to be a more like, uh, I guess maybe I listen, maybe I talk to many true crime girls, but, like, I figured that was, like, honestly, I thought, like, that was more realistic that she's like, oh, I know that girls are usually into true crime slash, like, um, investigation TV shows and podcasts like that. Um, so I felt like that gave you, Grace a more rooted character. Have you listened to any podcasts about, like, why women are so interested in true crime? It's actually really interesting. A lot of, so you're wrong about had an episode with um Sarah Marshall and then a woman who had been just walking her dog at dusk in a park, well lit, had her phone, had her pepper spray, got stabbed by a random stranger, not mm-hmm. even a robbery, like just got stabbed. Mm-hmm. And just randomized murder. That's kind of rough. Well, no, 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 not murder. Because oh. she was on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, after she, being yeah, she lives. My bad. My bad. <laughs> we, we knew this. Um, but, like, the whole thing about women liking true crime is partially because women do feel so unsafe in society. Like, doesn't even really matter the culture. Like, women feel unsafe. Um, that they like to listen to true crime because they like the feeling of superiority that they get from hearing another woman do something foolish that makes them less safe than they are. Oh. Like, yeah, I would never walk in the park at I you know, would never o'clock. do that. Yeah. I'm I different. would be safe. Yeah. Okay. But like I always thought you... it was like I thought it was like kind of a like um like what grips what grips a person's attention is like uh like first off like positive feelings obviously grip someone's attention but also like negative feelings grip it as well and so like thought it was kind of like fear porn kind of thing or like people like wanting to be scared a little bit you know what i'm saying i thought it was something like an idea along that is why 
females are interested in true crime. Well, and if you want to make like men can also be interested in true crime if we want to level the playing field. But hearing that about the psychology, that's very interesting. Yeah, I think it's probably both of it. I think some people really are genuinely interested in true crime. But I think the reason that it is such a like primarily women focused, like, like fucking like my favorite murder. Like, that's weird. It's, I actually, like, have been listening to a lot of stuff. You know, last week how I talked about how I feel like we shouldn't show instant replays of players, like, tearing their ACL or tearing their Achilles, Aaron Rodgers, yes. like, yes. on television over and say. over and over again? Yes. Like, I kind of feel this, like, I, most true crime podcasts, television, television shows, movies, that come out are done without approval of the family of the victim and so like i kind of think that our obsession of like our society with spectacle is just like dangerous and bad and so like i don't know i don't consume true crime for a lot of reasons partially because like i am so prone to being like oh my god i'm next but like partially because like i think that it is like irresponsible and inappropriate to like continue to like because the murderer is the one who lives that is the one we hear about and so Mm -hmm. like we try to pretend that it is a victim focused story but really like it is a murderer focused story like pretty much every single time well yeah first off i liked your tie into the like the um injury replay thing that we talked about and then it happened like when it when i was watching i watched the um was that sunday night was that monday night monday night because that That was was when all my dreams died of winning at fantasy this week oh yeah (laughs) um i was watching monday night football and like after we had talked about that i never realized that they like uh when an injury like well i guess you could say it's because it's aaron Rodgers. it's like the starting quarterback but when an injury like that happens and they catch it on film they insist on constantly replaying it and then even on like when i was on you know, football Twitter afterwards, I was like, goodness, like, I've seen the same clip, like, a bajillion and a half times. And it happened, like, earlier tonight, like, it didn't even not even a day. And they insist on replaying it so many times. Um, But to, like, link that in with uh, true crime, I always thought that true crime wasn't healthy for a different reason. Like, um, I, I understand completely what you say that like our like the the need the consumer's need for spectacle is like overwhelming, but I thought it also like perpetuates the idea that like um like people who listen to this like or I feel like those who listen to true crime um at like an alarming rate like you don't feel safe in situations that like are possibly pretty normal or like you don't feel safe in all these situations that like. Um, because you've heard about it on, you've heard about some lady getting, you know, kidnapped at a gas station at, you know, 2 a.m. That when you go to a gas station at like, you know, eight o'clock, you don't feel safe anymore. You're like, I feel like it, like, I, I could see the argument. I don't, I don't have any research behind this, but it could be like, it like increases like the listener's anxiety. You know, whenever I've listened to true crime, the whole time I'm like, I don't want to hear about this. Like, I don't want to hear about, you know, like, all the ways that, like, things can go wrong. Like, 
and that's probably a personal preference for me, but I'm just like, oh my goodness, like, why would I, not to criticize those who listen to true crime, uh, it's like, I guess, a valid interest. But for me, it's like, I don't, why would I want to, why would I want to listen to this, you know? I mean, I don't know. I'm pretty prone to anxiety. I had to stop listening to political podcasts during the Trump presidency because I was like, no, I can't know any more about this. Mm -hmm. Like, all it does is add to my impending sense of doom. Yeah, I can see that. You want to talk about hockey? Yeah, yeah, there's a sweet transition. Um, <laughs> so, um, you can go Do first. you want to talk about the Buckeyes first, and then we can talk about the things that I tossed on here? For sure, for sure. Um, I was going to jump right in. So my introduction to hockey was these books. You know, I'd never, um, growing up in Kansas City, Kansas City doesn't have a hockey team, so I never really had a reason or, like, a uh, fanship obligation to watch hockey. Um, so I, I, it was a sport that I didn't really know about or enjoy that much. But after reading this book, so I was like, man, this hockey stuff, this kind of sounds good, you know? Um, and I realized I might've mentioned this before, but there's actually a real frozen four. Um, and like the college tournament does happen in that same way. Um, so uh, this past year I followed the uh, Ohio state Buckeyes hockey team, go Buckeyes. And I learned a lot about the players and um, hockey in general. And so um, on the Buckeyes hockey team, it reminded me a lot of uh, of Briar U because they also had um, a bunch of characters that, so on the team, they had a lot of young players. So a lot of freshmen and sophomores last year who were forced, like, by the lack of upperclassmen, were forced to play at, you know, in intense games and at high levels. And so watching them, like, in the beginning of the season, they would lose and it'd be like, or, like, they'd get into, like, a, um, you know, a high, like, in the, in the end of the game, they need to be clutch and they w- weren't able to pull through. But later in the season, you know, they ended up beating Michigan. Let's go. Um, and in, like, an intense game, which was cool to see. So I got to watch them develop. But they had also had very hockey names, which I thought was good. Um, or, like, names that I could even see being in these books. So there's one defenseman who's a freshman last year named Tyler Duke. Um, we uh, we talked about this earlier, but Duke is a very, like, they do not call him Tyler. They do not call him Tyler at all on the ice. His name is Absolutely Duke. not. Half the team doesn't even know his first name is Tyler. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, but they've got some, like, uh, they had a senior last year who I think went to the, um, who might have gone to the league, but his name was Cassidy. And I was like, or his name was Matt Cassidy, but I'm like, they're calling him Cassidy. Matt is not Absolutely. to say. Absolutely. Um, and so um, that was another very, like, hockey name that I saw. Um, and then, and these were like, and all these players were like, kind of stand out, you know, they had a junior forward who's going to be a senior this year, um, named Patrick Guzzo, G-U-Z-Z-O. Oh, oh how, like, do you think that lends itself to like some pretty inappropriate jokes? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, he, this, this kid played hockey. Well, he's also 6'3", so um any jokes that he probably okay being six up. three doesn't make it so people like True. don't make blowjob jokes about you yes <laughs> very valid <point. laughs> like... um, 
Well, it makes like the interaction after the blowjob joke. Like you probably got to take it back pretty fast. But I bet growing up, this kid had a hard. This kid had a hard middle school. You know it. You know. Um, I could see the like guzzler, um, guzzler kind of jokes that like went his way. Um, I also thought Guzzo like. Is that has to be like Italian or something? Like oh, it has what, to be Italian. Yeah, like where where else are you gonna get a name like that? So um, I had never heard guzzling as like a blowjob turn until I went to the Cardinals Royals game with Sam on Dollar Dog Night. Oh no! <laughs> I have never. So we went for Sam's birthday, um, and Sam would not stop calling hot dogs glizzies. Like, yeah. all in on the word glizzy. I think mostly to create discomfort in me. And, like, he really was, like, all, all in on making, like, glizzy guzzler jokes. Uh-huh. Like, I think I probably heard, like, at least six, if yeah, not more, no. in one was- baseball game. Which is outrageous. It was, de- it was definitely a phase that everyone went through at one time. Like, uh, I can't place the year, but at some point, probably in like 2020, maybe 2021, uh, maybe earlier than that, all like as far as back as 19 to probably 2021, like giz- Glizzy Gobbler or like Glizzy, you know, Glizzy itself had a run and then Guzzling also had a run. I remember guzzling being around before that, though. I, I definitely heard guzzling before. I just had not. I had not until the the infamous dollar dog night. I feel like as soon as I said dollar dog, you knew where the evening, <laughs> where the where the conversation was going. Yeah. I mean, um, when something's that phallic shaped, you know, there's too many jokes to be made. The know? jokes are coming. Yeah. Oh no. Um okay. I have some questions about professional sports. Okay. So I'll see if I can answer them. Do we think that the image presented here of sports groupies, like breaking into hotel rooms, like throwing themselves at people, do we think this is true? Like, do you think that there is just like unlimited amounts of like no strings attached sex available to professional athletes at all times. I, I mean, my hopeful response would be no, but my realistic response is I think it probably, it happens. It, I think it, there's a possibility it does happen to the rate it happens in these books. I could see that being real. Um, but I bet in, with, my guess would be that with college athletes, it probably happens worse than professional athletes. But I, at the same time, I can make the argument either way um, that like you know, mean, adults would be more willing to throw themselves at a rich basketball player than a college basketball player. Who's to say? I don't know. Like, think about um. Now, bear with me. Think about when John Mulaney and like one of his first two, um comedy shows he talks about his mom talking about bill clinton walking her home from the library one night Mm -hmm. like say iowa state example here we're unfortunately an iowa state household 
Um, like, think about if you, like, like, you talk about if you have class with Brock Purdy for the rest of your life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, imagine if you sleep with Brock Purdy. Oh, yeah. Like, you talk about it the same way that John Mulaney's mom talks about Bill Clinton walking her home from the library. You know? Oh, yeah, like, you always hear stories about that, and, like, usually you, um, you, like, the way I've heard stories like that in the past, I had an aunt who, um, unfortunately went to the school up north, which is Michigan. Um, she went to college at the same time that Jim Harbaugh, I'm pretty sure it's Jim. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, w- was also there. And, like, she has a story where, um, she, like, got walked, walked home. Walked home from the library sounds too much like the Bill Clinton story, but she like got walked back to her dorm and then late her later saw him at a party and kissed him or something like that. Or like in <gasps> some way I'll have to. Oh my, my God. Detail- your uncle could have been Jim Harbaugh. I know. That's what I was like. Whoa. Fumbled the fucking know? bag there. I know. She really did. Um, but she had like, she tells this story, I think about every year at Thanksgiving and it's like, did it, like, there's no way, if it happened like that then, like, the stories now have to be, like, just as, just as bad, or, like, maybe, just, maybe worse, you know? I don't know. Um, yeah. I've also heard, see, I've seen, like, uh, there's, like, situations like that where you, where you have, like, um, athletes who, had slept around and now are professional players and the girls who slept with them in college come to their games still. I've seen that happen. There was like these two girls who came to a, um, I'm, I think it was a professional hockey game with a sign that's like, you know, like, um, I don't know, Tyler Duke, or I don't remember the player's name, but it's like Tyler Duke, like we sucked your dick in high school. You know, or something like that, which no, I thought is like, I, no. my response, like it, it's easy to laugh that off, like as a, for like a male athlete, but like, what if that, like, if you roll reverse that, it becomes so wrong, you know, it becomes such like a invasive thing for you to like, it definitely got put on the big cam and I've seen pictures of it on like Twitter and such. So like, that's oh, really, like, well, it was a like- weird situation. You know about the TikTok controversy, right? Where, like, this woman, like, read something essentially like the off-campus series and then got really into real hockey and then started, like, writing fanfic about the players and then, like, started, like, making crazy-ass signs at the games. So much so that, like, the players' wives had to be like, hey, like, can you not talk about my husband like that? Like... Yeah, well, it's a crazy, yeah, and these people have, like, um, like, the athletes are not just, like, characters, they're also real people, which is something that, Mm -hmm. like, I think is, like, an important thing to remember whenever you're watching any professional sport, um, but I, like, if you want to take it to an even further extent, there was a, LeBron had a stalker, and she would come to the games and, like, um, at, like, it was like there was like a three game stretch. I watched a YouTube video about this. Um, you can look it up. But there was like a three game stretch where she like got escorted out twice, and then in the third game, like is drunk and like stumbles onto the court, 
and like <gasps> they took her like no. there's there's real footage of this i this did happen i like this one i can guarantee on because i've definitely seen this and it's like it's easily findable i don't know what i'd have to search to find it but um they like she like stumbles onto the floor they stop play and i guarantee this woman got like a lifetime ban but like situations where like these players are like you know pursued like that is like i think is a very real thing and i i could see that like this stuff like this definitely does happen well and like so when i worked at summer camp the one of the announcers for the royals his wife used to work at summer camp with me and she talked about it was like very hippy dippy her and her kids like moved there for the summer um Ooh. she talked about one time about how the the team organizer like hated some of the players because those players had wives and girlfriends at the same time and she would have to like organize the wives and the girlfriends staying at the same hotel together but like on different floors because they would like all come to game the games together but like the girlfriends would have to like get tickets in a different section and the hotel rooms would have to be on different floors and like the players would have to make sure that they were being like like if he like flipped the wife's room and the girlfriend's room like what if the player like did something fucking crazy and the wife and kids were like in the hotel room instead of the girlfriend who was supposed to be there like so like yeah. professional athletes like can be pieces of shit but like i do think it's kind of crazy that like in these books, like, in book five, like, they're just like, oh, yeah, it's, like, so funny that, like, the hotel is, like, letting groupies into your room. Isn't that so crazy that that happens? I, as a human being, whether or not I'm a professional athlete, deserve privacy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I also, I think the scenario that, like, the girlfriend and the wife bump into each other in the lobby, because they put them in the same uh, hotel, like... yeah. That even in the same hotel, you're still like I don't know how the the players are chill with their their like mistress being in the same like having a building correlation with their real family. I think that's more wild that like they both like you know well say they they sit across from each other at the continental breakfast like what the fuck like <laughs> <laughs> well and like the royals haven't been good since Salvador Perez got like three women pregnant in the same summer. So yeah, yeah. Or like, there's you could there's other situations you have. Um, if you want to talk about players like needing or deserving their privacy as like, um, as also being like you know human beings, right? Um, uh, Zion Williamson, like I think this past off season had like one of his like I don't know what the how this situation like actually occurred, but like one of his baby mamas was like going off on Twitter. And, like, you know, like, obviously, they're grasping for attention, but it it was, like, blown up by the news media. They talked about, like, um, they talked about the situation on radio shows. They, uh... Didn't she threaten to, like, post, like, essentially revenge porn of him, though? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, it was something crazy like that. She also, like, had his name tatted on her, or, um... 
like I, I guess like in, I guess and if you want to go even further, we are talking about this on the podcast, but um, like that, like the whole like it be, it becomes a distraction for the team as well. You know, they're talking about like, oh, is Zion a liability because he like you know takes away from the team's progress? You know, or like the team's story in like. Um, is causing drama about himself, you know? Which, I, I mean, I think the whole situation is wild. How is he causing that? Like, well, I don't know. Was he refusing Having to, like, moms, pay? Yeah, that's true. Well, there's a guy in the NFL right now who has, like, six or seven. He's on his Nick Cannon shit. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, um... To add on to that, so I used to listen to like shout out a different podcast on this podcast. Um, there was a podcast I listened to that doesn't happen anymore called Pod Don't Lie, and it was comedians talking about basketball. And at one point, they had the bit that like the best players in the NBA cheat. Like they're they're saying like maybe it's part of like it, like maybe that's what elevates their game, or like maybe um, having like a more competitive mindset or something like that leads to cheating like there's there's a correlation between being good at basketball and cheating and so they they go on to say like you know kobe had like um had affairs come public Shaq definitely had affairs come public um you know dr j i think okay maybe i might misquote on dr j but like there's other superstar like hall of fame nba players that like you know were disloyal and then they (laughs) <laughs> went on to make the argument of like that's why LeBron's not the goat. It's because that like oh he's got a happy family. What he's got like you know he like how is he um this competitive and like hasn't had any affairs come out, hasn't had any he's been in the league so he's been in the league since he was in high school. Like he was a high schooler. Um and then through his call like years that he would have been in college when you're like um at your most attractive, you know and I think the limiting factor in college is that, like, you're broke and you can't, like, do anything too crazy. Um, but, like, he, he lived his whole college years being a superstar in the NBA. And somehow nothing has still come out. They're like, either LeBron's not the GOAT or LeBron's cheated. There's got to be something in there, you know? So I, I have to a- tell you, I did quit listening because I was Googling whether or not Bronny James is going to be allowed to play basketball this year. That's fair. Because <laughs> I remembered he had the whole cardiac thing. Uh, supposedly, his coach said he's making good progress. But yeah, I don't know. Like, there's a. I don't think he's cheated because it would have come out. He's too yeah. famous for it to not have come out. That's. I mean, that's my opinion as well. I don't think that like, um, if something like that would have happened. I, I mean, I like to believe that LeBron's like a upstanding guy. And so I, I, yeah. I live under that assumption. Um, but if something did come out, it would have come out by now or like at least at some point, you know? Um, but they also, I mean, the word downside to that is like they also have a lot of money and they could make people be quiet, which is like not okay, but like something they have but availability like, to do. No one, not even the best prospect in NBA history is well-managed enough as an 18-year-old to, like, never have anything come out. Like, has um, has Adele's boyfriend always been LeBron's manager? Yeah, Rich Paul. It, yeah, LeBron. Um, if you want more LeBron talk. Uh, 
LeBron. No, like, I just don't. I don't want long LeBron talk. No, it, I just want to know if be it's been Rich Paul the whole time. It's been Rich Paul for a majority of the time. Like he had whenever he made it to the league, uh, a smart thing that LeBron did was he like, um, like brought the people who were his like genuine friends and like liked him for him, you know, and were invested mm-hmm. in him as a person and not as like an uh like a you know future all star basketball player. He had like Rich Paul went to he he funded I'm pretty sure he funded Rich Paul through college and like had Rich Paul go into finance to be his agent or whatever, you know, and then set him up with a mentorship and then like like progressed him through becoming his manager. Like it was it was a design thing for um, LeBron to do that, which is like people like to attribute to his like sports genius. But yeah, for the most part, he's basically always been his manager. That's good. That's that is interesting. I think that LeBron is an example of like one of the smartest, smartest athletes we've seen. Yeah, like be famous on that scale. Um. Okay. Hockey talk, sport talk over. We're into book recs. It's comp con week, so we do book recommendations. Um, I have. One hockey romance that I haven't read yet, but I've seen a lot of good things about that I'm on the waiting list for. And then I have two other sports book recommendations. So Icebreaker is by Hannah Grace. It is not a like hockey book. It is, um, like man hockey player, like woman ice skater. I don't know if there's like a little pairs plot line, like if she needs like a pair, like a male skater to skate with for her to like qualify for the olympics or if they're just like if they're just like squabbling about ice time any which way i can't wait to read it i'm sure they'll kiss it'll be great um i also if you want to read like a ya series about like sports and family you could read the dairy queen series um i don't uh by i think the last name of the author is murdoch it's about this girl who works for the family dairy farm in wisconsin and the rival school's quarterback the coach of that team is best friends with the main character's dad and she becomes his quarterback's coach for the summer even though she's like a 16 year old girl and he's like a 16 year old boy so she like teaches him to work on the farm and teaches him to throw and, like, and like how to, like, actually train. So he, like, was talented but not a hard worker. And she turns him into talented and a hard worker. And then three-quarters of the way through the book, she decides to try out for her school's football team. And then in the first game of the season, catches an interception from the boy she's had a crush on all summer. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh my god. Yeah, it's that does so sound good. It's so fucking dramatic. It's so dramatic. Well, it is all written in, like, first-person diary form because she, like, failed out of English the year before because her dad had a back injury and she basically dropped out of school to run the farm. Oh, um, that's a cool so, story. Like, she, her, it's her, like, summer reading assignment for her to, like, journal about her whole summer. I love yeah. the series because in book two, her brother who plays for the University of Washington gets like a spinal injury. Wow. And like stops being able to play. And she like 
that they kind of like all come together and he overcomes injury and she also is like overcoming an injury and like it just like ah I love this series. I think yeah, it's so it, fun. You kind of got I, it me is for, a little bit. It is for middle schoolers though. <laughs> like 100% for middle schoolers. Um but I cry in the second book. Yeah. Well, when I her like the older idea. brother like figures out how oh. injured he is. Yeah. Um, that that's another like big one. My the point that I like from that is like we're doing all this we're doing all this talking about women in STEM, you know, women in business. What what about women in agriculture, you know? I like that idea. She's like She like you know, she is a woman in ag. I mean, I know. She she's is, like step aside, dad. Let me let, I got well, the farm. Well, and also like it I think like I think that agriculture if you don't love it, like is a plight because you are just like stuck. Like either you work the family farm or you lose the family farm. There is like no anything else. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, my third recommendation is Carrie Soto is back. I think that I have recommended it on the pod before. It is about a tennis player who had the highest number of Grand Slams of any woman in the entire world. And then she retires because she has a injury that she can't get rid of. And a woman beats her record. But she's only been retired for like four years and she comes back. Um... And it is about, like, perfection and, like, forgiving yourself. And also, like, her dad is her coach. And she ditched him as her coach about halfway through her tennis career. And then, like, asks him to coach her again in her comeback. Oh, my God. I was fucking sobbing at the end of this book. I loved it. I actually don't mm-hmm. really like Taylor Jenkins Reid very much as an author. She always puts, like, a weird framing device in or, like, makes it kind of, like, weird and dramatic. And this book is just, like, a sports book about, like, love and family and growth and chef's kiss to this book. I loved this book. I read mm-hmm. it in, like, a day. Okay. Yeah, those are actually really good recommendations. I, uh, you kind of have me hooked on the, uh, was it the Dairy Queen series? Was the- I love the Dairy Queen series. It is not very good, and I love it so much. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, My recommendations were more for, like, um, for your male audience, you know, for... uh, Uh All the boys who listen to the pod. Yeah, for all the dudes who listen to the pod that think, like, reading might be a little lame. Um, I was going to throw some, like, books that kind of got me hooked on reading. So, um biggest one i've got to recommend ender's game i'm not gonna lie when i first i like all my siblings had read this book and they're like brennan you have to read this book and i read it and like the first i read like the first third of the book and i was like dude this shit is this is so dumb like i'm like what am i reading this nerd this nerd book for um and so i actually set it down and then like went through like high school and college and came back to it and was just like yeah, you know, I'll I'll give it another try. And it actually turned out to be a really good book. So if you haven't read it, I'm, it's not like a, a unknown book. Like a lot of people have read it. But if you haven't read it, I'm about to put you on the, like one of the best books that you'll probably read. It's got, you know, it's space. It's sci-fi fantasy. So it's got like, you know, got some Star Wars aspects to it. It's got some like alien aspects to it. It's really cool. Um, but it also goes through like some military strategy. You're like, um, you're reading about 
uh, a kid who becomes like a general of a space, like joins space command. So that's kind of fun. Um, so I highly recommend Ender's Game. Um, I love to talk about it. Um, another, I'll, I'll flip the order of this. So another one that I like to recommend is Dune. Dune is actually, um, I was into Star Wars before. Like I, I kind of usually read a lot of sci-fi, like in, in per my own choice, I guess, or like fantasy, I guess. Um, but I used to be like, I still am into Star Wars, and uh, I was told about this book that like, you know, my aunts told me about it. They're like, hey, this is like the source material for any sci-fi book that came out after, or, like any of the any of the stories that came out. Like this book was written like a while back. And it's still a still a good read to this day. Dune, um, you get some you know heroes, villains, crazy worms. Highly recommend. And then uh, we've got Pendragon. Um, it was another crazy one. It was like one of the first like uh, I started this book in between the I had to break up the Percy Jackson series. You know, I was I was peeling through those books in middle school, and uh, I had you know you can't like read you know, so many books right in a row. So I was like, I gotta take a break. And I started this series. Uh, it's like, there's a whole series that comes after it, but the first book is really good. It had a kissing scene right in the beginning. That was like the first time, like I was really, a book had me blushing like that. I was like, Oh my God. I was like, they kissed like in middle school. That was a big deal, you know? So, um, yeah, I get that. That was, that was, I mean, since we were, you know, also talking about smut, you know, that was the first thing that kind of like, you know, had me red faced for real. Um, but really good book, really good story. I think the first one's called The Merchant of Death, which is like, you know, actually a real criminal's name, but, um, really good book. And then the Gone series was really good. Another series, you know, superheroes, um, love kind of had me blushing. And then, um, oh, and then the actual hockey, the actual hockey fanfic that I'll recommend. I, I don't usually read fanfic, but when I do, um, I read the, there was like a Sabrina and Tucker fanfic that came out. I, I'm pretty sure it had to be written before the book did. Um, but that one was like, I was like, Ooh, uh, I don't usually read fan fiction like that. So it was a very different experience for me. Dudes, if you want to read fanfic, that's an easy one after you've read these books to start off on. Um, I put the link in Wattpad mostly for Tuck, but, or the, yeah, the link for it on Wattpad, but I um, I said this earlier, and I'll say it again. I am a Wattpad hater. I am an AO3 girly all the way through. I am. I love that loyalty, though. I Being refuse dedicated. to learn to use a new platform. I dig that. I'm not smart enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, those were that. And then I also threw in some, like, um, Agatha Christie dude listeners. If you liked, like, Murder on the Orient Express. Murder on the Orient Express as a movie. Um, you'll definitely enjoy um, the books that those like stories were based off of. So Death on the Nile is another one. Also written by Agatha Christie. It's got a really cool the, mystery aspect to it. The Hercule Poirot, Poirot right? That's how you say it. Um, yeah. Mysteries, cool. I think, are really accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, although, I will say for the Encyclopedia Brown girlies, you're not gonna guess it. You're not gonna know who did it till the end. I am simply going to tell you if you could not figure out an Encyclopedia Brown mystery when you were eight, you will not figure out a Agatha Christie mystery when you are 25. 
Mm-hmm. That's not for you. Just read it all the way through. You'll find out eventually. Yeah, and then my last book rec was uh, for the real for the real mystery heads out there. Got um, I recommended uh, Still Life by Louise Penny. Um, good book. I read it in college for a class. It was actually really enjoyable. Um, snag that one for sure. Okay. Last thing we're going to do this episode, besides the outro, is Brennan is going to give us his Kanye album Redemption because um, his recording kept pausing in weird spots right before he was going to tell me all the ways that these books related to Kanye albums. So Brennan is going to get the floor. He's going to tell me how, like, which Kanye album matches which book. Yeah, I so I I started this bit at the uh, on our first episode, um, where I, I compared like I was like, uh, L. Kennedy's got hits. These are platinum tracks. You're gonna love them. Um, this is like, you know, getting on these books is like listening to Kanye for the first time. You know, um, and so the first one I think I gave the comparison as, um, let me look. I think I I gave the first one at... All right, everyone. Brennan did not get to cook about Kanye because, once again, his recording got messed up. This is not me trying to silence men talking about Kanye, but maybe it should tell you something that every single time a man tried to bring up Kanye on the pod, the recording got messed up. Back to scheduled programming. Yeah, I I want to thank you for recommending these books. I thought they were really fun. They're not what I would normally go for, I think. I tend to go for the books with the little cartoon covers on them. I think that I think of any book with an actual person on it as something I can only get on Kindle Unlimited, but that just, like, isn't true, which is good because I won't be getting Kindle Unlimited or because I will be I'll, – I'll never put my Kindle down again. Like, no one will ever see me again. I'll never run out of books. Um, Infinite books, it's too much power. Now, I gotta go buy myself a lottery ticket because I need to quit my job, so I need to have money, so I need to win the $550 million Mega Millions. Um, and if I do win the lottery, I might get Kindle Unlimited. I think if I won 550 mil, I could download Kindle Unlimited and it wouldn't ruin my life. Brennan, thank you for coming on the pod. Thank you for recommending these books. Um, this has been All My Friends Are English Majors. Follow us on Instagram at English Majors Pod. Send us an email at EnglishMajorsPod at gmail.com. Next month in October, we are doing Jane Eyre. Oh, uh, one last plug. Um, go follow my sports Twitter uh, at St. Mahomes. Older sister, Betsy. Um, um, it's going to be all I can a little more know. literary than this last month you know, was. I think I'm going to learn a lot. One. There's, another, there's imposters out there that can't replace the real, um, real, real G. And so, we'll see you next week. Um, Brennan, do you have anything yeah, I guess to that's plug all I got. one last time? See ya. Okay, bye everybody.